0: When I first got into this industry, I didn't think I was gonna impact so many people. Right? My goal is to document my journey so I can get a job. That was that was how this all started. I didn't expect everything else that came with it, you know. So if I if my story can impact and help other people to want to get on this journey and, you know, motivate them and and see that it is possible. Even if you don't have a degree, then you know to me that's that's my biggest accomplishment. No degree, no problem. Any problem we can solve them. LinkedIn insomnia keeps us evolving. We're growing in the knowing. The wisdom is flowing. If you didn't know, now you know where I'm going. Yeah.
1: Welcome to another episode of the No Degree Podcast. I want to personally thank you for tuning in and supporting our show. If you haven't yet, hit that follow or subscribe button. I encourage you. Don't keep this to yourself. Share these inspiring stories with your friends. Invite them to subscribe and connect with us on social media. So today, I have Jamar on the podcast. Thank you so much for coming. Do you mind giving a brief introduction of yourself? Definitely glad to, glad to be here. You know, glad to
0: be on the other side of the podcast fence. <laughs> uh, so for those who don't know, my name is Jamar. Um, recently just landed a role as a data analyst Started my journey about 16 months ago, created a big community called All About Data. Uh, and, you know, I was giving back to the community in any way that I can. So I'm happy to be here and give some more insights on my journey. And hopefully it can help, you know, anyone in my boat that doesn't have a degree. Yeah,
1: thank you. And one thing I love about being a data analyst is there's so many free or affordable resources that you can get and just like you said it took 4 months and obviously you did a lot of work in those 4 months so I don't want to have anyone think like hey it was just easy 4 months 1 hour a day you built a community you networked a lot and you built a presence but it just shows that it is feasible and 4 months is better than 4 years
0: yeah it actually took me 16 months but it could have took me Oh okay, months. okay. I guess I, I'll get I guess I'll get more into detail on why it could have took okay. me Okay I months. mean that's good, good, good to know good. I mean
1: the listeners look Jamar saving you 12 months. So if you need to follow this man on Twitter and do all that, support him. So tell us about that data journey. Like, you know, it took 16 months. So what was the beginning of that journey?
0: Uh, it actually started
1: in the summer of
0: 2021. Uh, I was working at my friend's entertainment company uh, as a digital marketing uh, analyst specialist, kind of like running their ads and things like that. Um, so I have an entrepreneurial background where... I've always done marketing for my own companies and like scaling certain companies up that I was running. But I wanted to change. I, I kind of wanted to get out of that realm. I wanted something a little more challenging, something a little more technical. Uh, so tech was actually something I first got introduced to in 2018. Um, And, you know, just kind of went through the whole spiral of trying to find the lane that was going to actually work for me. So in summer of 2021, This is when I started to get active on Twitter because before that Twitter was like confusing to me. I was like, I don't know what this is. I never took it serious. Now now I have like 40,000 followers (laughs) like a year later, but um, got on there, got into this hashtag. I came across the first data community I came across was Black Tides. Um, I also came across a lady on there named Kiera, who I booked a call with her and she kind of asked her, like this is when I was seeing all this talk about data science and I didn't really know exactly what it was or how to go about doing it, you know, what skills was required. So I booked a call with someone that I found on Twitter that, I, that seemed credible to me and kind of told her like the things I've done in digital marketing already, how I look at analytics, but I look at it for the sake of optimizing ad campaigns and things like that. And then she kind of told me there's uh, several things I could do. I could just take like the Tableau Desktop specialist certification, which I think expired now. But she's like, I could just take that and uh, dive deeper into the visualization side of marketing, or I could take the Google Data Analytics course, you know, go the data analyst route. So that was like June or July. And of course, I stalled, right? We never start right when we find out things. So I stalled for like a month or two. And then August, I finally picked up the Google Data Analytics course. And this is why I said it didn't have to take me 16 months, but it did.
1: Hey, are you frustrated with your job search? Are you sending out resume after resume with no callbacks? If so, I have some good news. After three years of helping over 400 people land jobs at places like Meta, HubSpot, Google, Twitter, Amazon, Tesla, Disney, Sony, just to name a few, I created a course. In the Get Your Dream Career course, you'll discover best practices for creating a resume that stands out and you'll also learn how to optimize your job search. It covers every aspect of the job, including resumes, application strategy, networking, LinkedIn profile optimization, interview guidance, and salary negotiation. You will also get a behind-the-scenes view of how recruiters use LinkedIn to find candidates. And of course, you'll get resume and cover letter templates. Get one step closer to your dream job. Sign up at the link in the notes below.
0: I took the Google Data Analytics course because um, that's what was recommended. I did like the course because it introduced me to all the skills that you would need. Um, I guess like all the skills you would need to be a data analyst. The course was projected to take six months. My goal was to finish it in three, which didn't happen. Uh, it took me five months to finish. In the midst of that was actually when I started building my community as well, uh, the All About the Data community, started on Discord, kind of just grew from there. So now I got into the midst of building a community while also studying to be a data analyst, um, which I've never built a community this big before under this circumstance. So it kind of slowed my process down as far as like my own studies, because I ended up becoming like a sort of like an influencer in this in this. Uh, data space in a sense but i really like the course like i said it introduced me to a lot of the things all the skills that you would need for data analysis such as sql tableaus in that course excel and they go into r in that course um but i i would prefer python based on like my recent studies just my opinion i know there's like a big debate on that honestly it doesn't matter one or the other you know
1: what I saw a tweet by someone, a good connection of mine, who's, you know, works in the, who's a data, whatever, engineering manager. And she mentioned that the one thing that the course doesn't do well is it focuses too much on R, but there are very few jobs who utilize R. So for any of you taking that, the Python is like, the SQL is very important. I would really suggest focusing on Python just because there are more jobs and it's more applicable to the workforce.
0: That's true. And I mean, based on my studies, I mean, this probably changed too, right? But R is mainly going to be like in data science for like statistical analysis from my understanding. Yeah. But I, I believe you can do that in Python yeah. too. So I would just say go with Python. But yeah, it did, it did go into R. But, you know, keep in mind at this time I'm new. I don't know any of this. So then the day it's like, okay, you know, this is what it is. But I don't know how far you want me to jump ahead no. in my journey. No,
1: you go ahead because I want to make sure that people know the nitty gritty because... Too many times you see on Twitter like, "Oh, I became a data analyst. I'm making XYZ." But the real yeah. the real knowledge is in the journey. Like, "What did you do? What did your day-to-day like? How did you mess up? Did you fail? what struggles did you have?" Cuz it's not just the one week and you do it. It's several months yeah. of being consistent, networking, getting rejected, making mistakes, googling things, asking others the right questions.
0: Definitely, yeah. So kind of staying with the Google course a little bit um to get in depth on why it took me five months because I wasn't consistent with it, right? There, I took a lot of breaks, a lot of unnecessary breaks, just being lazy or, you know, probably saying, I, I don't think I really actually want to do this. But I had in mind that I wanted to finish it. So I did finish it. I did finish it in January of 2022, so this year. And I think my mistake was, and this is just based on my case study or my story. As soon as I finished with that course, because the, the ideal of how they promote that course is that you'll be job ready after you complete it. So right after taking that course, I you know I started applying for jobs, doing interviews and realized I actually wasn't ready. I actually wasn't ready. And um, in the midst of this, like my data community was at its peak. So it's extremely busy running a Discord yeah. Twitter going crazy, running a podcast, YouTube going crazy, everyone asking me for resources and help, and then trying to manage a team within the Discord community because I got moderators and almost turned into a business, almost, you can say. And I was like managing all these things. So that ended up putting a pause on my career because I realized I wasn't ready during the interview stage. And then I ended up getting another job as a digital marketing analyst for a cybersecurity company which that basically hindered my process even more. So eventually I restarted my journey again in August of this year in 2022. And this is where you could say it took me four months of actually being focused and focusing on the things that I just need to learn instead of extra stuff. So this is what I would advise someone to do now, or even what I would advise myself to then at that time was to take the skills individually to me, Udemy is, was the best option, honestly. I spent a month on each course. I set a study schedule, which I think was a big help. You know, every day I woke up at the same time, 6 a.m., Study till 9.30 with, like, 30-minute to 45-minute breaks in between. Ran through SQL, which it was, it was a lot better because it went into details. It went into every single detail versus I feel like the Google course kind of rushed through yeah. a lot of the concepts. So this guy... He went into full details, which I talk about in my blog. He went into full details of SQL, gave examples. I mean, by the time I finished the course, I was able to create my own database and load data into it, you know, pretty quickly. So uh, I felt way more confident in SQL after doing that than I did a Power BI course, which was very detailed, you know, very thorough. And so I just noticed by doing this, it put me in a better position knowledge-wise and it gave me projects and I ended up doing my own projects. After that, I got some mentors, you know, did a resume revamp, did interview prep and ended up getting laid off from my job, right? (laughs) So I ended up getting laid off from the job that I just got in March um, because they shut down due to funding, unfortunately. So that kind of put, you know, a little more fire under me. Uh, to apply aggressively now because I, I didn't have intentions to start applying aggressively until January of 2023. Yeah. But now I'm left in the position where I don't have a choice because I don't have a degree or certifications, you know, to really make me be like this thing that employees want to go grasp outside of the brand that i built for myself. But honestly, a brand, I feel like it can play a role, but honestly, if you don't have the skills, yeah. your brand probably won't get much of a role. And that's just from my experience of going on interviews. Yeah, because at the end no. of the day,
1: they'd be like, all right, you got this data community, but can you run this query for me? It's yeah. like...
0: Can you actually do it? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it does give you some leverage, right? Like, you know, I, I believe it gave me some yeah. leverage in, in my situation, at least. But it's definitely not like the end-all, be-all. Like, if anything, honestly, I wish I didn't build this, yeah. this brand and I just focused on the skills and then build the brand after I actually landed the role. But Either way, it worked out the way it worked out. Um, but so I, I couldn't wait till January 2023 anymore. So I had to just apply aggressively. I was doing interviews like every week. Um, and the difference I've seen between this time of doing interviews versus uh, when I finished the Google course was I was making it to second and third round interviews, even making it to technical assessments. Whereas before I wasn't even making it past the first call. So this was by interview prepping. This was by having projects and being able to explain those projects in details. Like, you know, how I got to what I got, why I did what I did, even, uh, sharing my screen with the recruiter to show them that I knew how to do the skill. You know what I'm saying? And I got that from my, um, mentor Cleavance, which is who's also on Twitter. You know, that was a strategy he gave me. And honestly, it worked. You know, a lot of recruiters was impressed, but even that still wasn't enough. If you can't pass the technical assessments. So luckily, you know, the job I got, I didn't have to do a technical assessment. It kind of just went off my brand and, you know, you know, kind of seen what I put out um, as far as like my work and everything. So that that's where building the brand kind of helped me is I'm very public with documenting my projects and everything like that. So I did skip part of my story though. Um before I got laid off, I actually changed my journey. I was trying to get into data engineering. Okay. Um, so I studied Azure Databricks, created a project in it and everything. So why didn't I go for data engineering instead of applying for data analyst roles? Because um, I didn't feel like I was yeah. ready. And I didn't think I was going to be getting laid off. So I thought I had a little <laughs> bit more time to study. Yeah, yeah. So because I got laid off and I wasn't ready for an- engineering roles, I just said, I'll get an analyst role and you know study my engineering on the side. So Sometimes you just have to take a detour. You know, I decided to get in engineering because I felt like it was more technical. Yeah. And you deal with less people. You work more behind the scenes, yeah. you know. And you get to troubleshoot all the stuff that don't work when they should be working. But, you know, that all of that kind of brought me where I am today. You know, where I am now. Finally got the role. You know, excited to to get on the job and learn even more now. And that's where the real learning no, starts. definitely.
1: So. And you know, the thing is, data analyst is a stepping stone to data engineer. So now all the yeah. skills, it's not like it's a total detour. It's just maybe longer path, but all the skills that you have yeah. today, you're going to build on so that you can be the data engineer. And since you've you know, touched upon the stuff, you're not starting from zero. And I know soon yeah. enough, yeah. you'll get that data engineering position.
0: I mean, the good thing is the company I'm with, They have a data engineering team. So there'll be an opportunity for me to grow into it. Perfect. And
1: for anybody listening, if you have a team at your company that does what you eventually want to do, start asking them what you can do to contribute. Start talking to the team members because you can actually say collaborated with data engineering team on XYZ. And that shows that Mm -hmm. you take initiative and who knows, maybe they might start having projects for you. Maybe someone leaves and they want to give you the opening It happens, but you got to take that step. So now let's take it back, man. So we're at your journey, you became a data analyst. Let's go back. What did you want to be in high school?
0: Uh, In high school, I wanted to be a rapper. And I was for a while, actually. I was a rapper for like 10 years uh, here in South Florida. I actually had a little buzz. I used to do a lot of tours throughout Florida. I also ran a record label and managed artists.
1: That's cool. I mean, how do the people who in the rap industry they see you as a data analyst like how 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 do those conversations go
0: most of them don't know what's going on because i kind of like excommunicated myself from that world but you know the ones who do know i mean you know i've been in and out of college for some years so they they knew i was eventually going to get into something else as i started to slowly fade away from that world and i gave it another chance in 2021 like i said i was working as a digital marketing analyst at my friend's entertainment company. So I did give it one more try. I know like this, this is just, uh, it's just not for me, you know, it requires a lot. Um, I, It was a fun 10 years. It taught me a lot, yeah. right? It taught me marketing. It taught me business. It taught me, taught me how to build communities, yeah. right? Cause I used to throw events and always bring like hundreds of people out. So a lot of the things that, are coming out of me now as this data influencer are skills that I learned from being in the
1: music industry. Because a lot of people don't realize that it unlocks that creative portion of your brain. They just think like these people speak and whatever, but they don't realize that they're listening, they're analyzing, they're breaking things down, Mm -hmm. they're trying things, they're experimenting, they're failing. The public speaking aspect too, right? I'm pretty sure like freestyling and then an interview, you mind going
0: into that? Yeah, I mean, I used to perform in front of hundreds of people, get on stage in front of hundreds of people that, you know, in the beginning of my career, no one knew me until my song got hot. In the beginning of my career, no one knew me and I had to go up there, speak to the crowd, probably not hear no talking back, but, you know, still had to keep it going as as if I was already a hot rapper, you know? And then, of course, as my buzz started to get up and, you know, people started dancing and vibing to my songs, you know, it was a little different, but I feel like, it definitely gave me like confidence in anything that I do, you know, so people ask me, oh, you know how do you build this big following and stuff like that and I'm like, I didn't really try to I didn't try to build a big following you know again, I didn't even know how Twitter yeah. worked so no time did I imagine myself having forty thousand followers, you know even LinkedIn having seventeen thousand followers at no point did I actually imagine that happening. these are just natural characteristics that develop from being an artist for so long, you know and having to break artists, right? So I had one artist I managed. I had him do a song with Kodak and he actually just ended up getting big. You know, recently, like a few years ago, he ended up getting a deal with Atlantic Records. And it's like, you know, these are just skills that no one one taught me these skills. These are just things that I learned on my own, you know, without having a degree. And so what I feel like it did for me now is after I left the music industry, the first thing I did was I started a graphics and printing company. Uh, with some old partners and scaled that business up pretty quick in two years you know, and everything I did in that was what I learned in the music industry and I started a digital marketing agency and same thing it scaled up quick because of everything I learned from my past so you know I feel like it gave me this this mindset to brand myself and to be the best so whatever company I'm at like the company I'm at now I plan to be the best I plan to work my way to the top because naturally as an artist that's just what yeah. you think you don't want to be local you want to be global yeah, yeah. right so as an artist, you don't think about settling for little. You want to get as high as you can get.
1: So No, I mean, it's know. a great point. No one says, I'm going to be an average rapper. They say, I'm going to be the hottest rapper. It don't yeah. matter how bad they are. <laughs> like they, You got to think that. And that confidence is really important. Now, obviously, the music bin- industry and the music business is a very tough business. And you know, you yeah. had some relative success. What are some mistakes that people make? Because I've seen a lot of people, they're in it and you realize like, yo, you're not putting in the right work. Like, it's not just fun and games. You got to go record. You got to go network. You got to think about it like a business because some people treat it like a hobby, but you have to treat it like a business.
0: Well, the thing that helped me, and I used to tell artists this back then, even because, you know, when I was hot, it was kind of like now, like everyone coming to me to data. That's how people were coming to me for music. And one thing I told them, this was before Spotify even became what it is. This is when iTunes first came out, right? And I would always tell people, if you're rapping to get signed, then you're already messing up because now you're so focused on getting signed that you don't care about building a fan mm. base, focus on building a fan base and your fan base will pay you. And if, if you're meant to get signed, you'll get signed. But you know, are you doing it for money? Or are you doing it for fame? You know, it's me. I was doing it for money. So I would throw my own events. I I, I had one event where I made $10,000 at the door. I threw the party myself, you know? So it's like, you just have to, like, know what your goals are, you know? And it's like the same thing with this this data analyst thing. It's like, you know, if you know you want the job, then it doesn't matter if it takes you three months, 16 months, or two years. If your goal is to get the job, you do what you have to do every day till you get it. You know, and that's how I looked at the music, is if your goal is to have a big audience, just focus on building your audience, you know? And if you're meant to get signed, the labels will hear about you and they'll come
1: knocking on your door. What were some of the hardest thing about being in the music business?
0: Uh, haters unnecessary beef for no reason trying to keep coming up with hits right because after you get one to two hits it's like not necessarily easy to and i used to write my own songs i didn't have songwriters but my biggest song that i don't think i was ever able to top held me down for like five years or so uh even now i just went on youtube the other day i see people still commenting listening in 2022 i was like oh that's pretty cool but um You know, continuously coming up with hits, dealing with haters, dealing with the politics that's in the music industry, you know, as far as, you know, dealing with promoters and trying to get shows. And you know, you're hot, but promoters don't want to believe it because they never heard of you, you know, even if you can show them that you packed out clubs before. Getting a lot of people to hear your music, right? Because this was before, I mean, when I was in the game, it's when we had ringtones. Yeah. I was using Fun Mobile and sending it to people and saying, send it to 10 of your yeah, friends.
1: Nextels and all that, man. I still remember the Nextels yeah. were the hottest thing and people used to pay yeah. 199 for these ringtones and stuff. I remember those days.
0: Yeah. yeah, so this was before, you know, ads and all that stuff. It was like MySpace. So I feel like the industry is a little easier now than it was back then. Like now you have so many
1: different ways that you can yeah. reach a lot of people. I mean, people. people grow on Instagram. Yeah. People grow on Twitter. Yeah. People TikTok, they grow their music. I think Lil Nas X was Twitter.
0: Look, if I was a rapper in the TikTok era, I would have blew because my song was a dance oh, song. Oh, yeah, 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 talking. yeah. It was a dance song. And it, it blew up in that generation. But because the internet wasn't as big, you know, it, it didn't, like, circulate the way it probably would have with TikTok. Yeah. But there's a lot of politics in that industry. You know, it's not really not really the best industry to be in as far as the artists. Behind the scenes, Yeah, good. Like, they have data analysts in the entertainment industry if, if you want to still work in entertainment. But me, I just... So to get away
1: yeah. from it like all together. Like, so obviously it's always tough as a creator. And it's one of those things that it's like, you really have to do a lot of soul searching to make that step, to walk away. How was that process like for you? And when did you really like, why was it like, Hey, I got to go away and I got to move on to something else.
0: Um, well, I, when I was in high school, I told myself, I actually put an age limit on it. I said, if I wasn't where I wanted to be by 25, then I would move on to something else. Between 24 and 25, I had an artist. I myself had decided to retire from rapping because I didn't consider myself the best songwriter and I feel like I already gave all I could yeah. give. So I was like, I'm going to take all the skills I learned building myself and put it into someone else. And did that, some bad partners and stuff went left. So that situation went left, you know, in the middle of him actually blowing yeah. up and starting to get calls for shows, like people willing to pay him for shows. So after that went left, I was like, I don't really have any more energy to go back and do this all over again. Like we were already like on the brink of breaking into the industry and I was 25. I'm like, yep, it's time for me to, you know, move on to something else because I know where I want to be. Well, At that time I know where I wanted to be in my thirties, you know, as far as the type of income I wanted to have and type of lifestyle I wanted to have. Around that time, that's when I left that and I started the the printing
1: company um, before I even like really heard about tech. Yeah. So tell us about this printing company and why a printing company. I used to
0: take a lot of on and off jobs. Uh, like if, if the music industry money was coming up short, because it wasn't consistent, wasn't consistent money all the time. So I would take gigs to left and right, you know, here and there I would just take like gigs. So I was working for a print shop as a graphic designer and wasn't getting paid that much, but enough to, do what I had to do at the time for the age I was and ended up getting a partner and said I'm going to do this myself you know I'm going to start this company myself and build one up kind of similar but on a global scale you know I wanted to I wanted to be the next Print was my original okay. goal so kind of just learned the industry learned where to get t-shirts from learned where to get all the printing stuff from cooked up with a printing company to get stuff at discounted kind of rates And put myself out there again, using that music industry skills. And it just blew, you know, like we went from having not so much clients within our first three months to thousand dollar weeks by our fourth month. Wow. We were making like a thousand every week off of it. And then I would also do photography to just to bring in even more money. So it was kind of like both photography and graphics and printing. Uh, very laborious yeah. work i remember one time i had to order someone needed 600 shirts printed up within four days so i was up like overnight printing like pressing yeah, all those yeah, shirts yeah. but it was it was fun for for the time that it lasted you know uh but one one thing i learned in life is choose your partners yeah. wisely because
1: you know it, it,
0: things go left and it just it can just mess yeah time.
1: you know i had a bad business partner I should have cut it off earlier and unfortunately it cost, you know it sometimes costs you years of your life right because you expect a certain yeah. level and it's it's tough especially when you're friends with them and you don't want to have those uncomfortable conversations you know it's interesting I was actually going to start a printing business and I looked into it like yeah. I think the printer was 14k so I was like okay you know it's on sale it was like Epson or one of the Canon I forgot I think it was Epson and but then yeah. I was like yo you need the preheat you need this stuff and I was like yo it's not just putting in the shirt you got to have a process before the shirt, printing the shirt. And I was like, yo, now this 600 shirts, it's not just six. It's like, you got to have the process down and it takes time and it takes a few minutes. And it's just, it's got to be in there and all that stuff. And especially if you want good quality, right? You could cut the corners, but then the shirts are not good quality.
0: It's definitely not the funnest, but at that time it was a profitable business. I'm not sure about now in the digital age, but. No, at that time it was definitely profitable when people, you know, people wanted business cards and things
1: like that. Yeah, no, I mean, definitely, um, it was definitely something interesting. So, how long did you have that business for? Uh, that business was two years. So, what yeah. caused the exit from that?
0: Yeah, just uh, you know, me and my partner just like we just had had we got on bad terms, we got on bad terms, and we just said we wasn't going to do it anymore. So we just ended up shutting it down. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because the, the bad terms, like it started actually affecting the business. Yeah. Not as much clientele was coming in because my mind wasn't in a position to do the marketing that I was yeah. doing. And it was not producing the results needed to actually get the, the stuff done for the customers. And so no, naturally, clientele fell down, had to get back on the job market. So, yeah. so what came next? What job came next? So after that, I finally decided to... Mm-hmm. Well, that's when my friend was telling me about tech because, you know, I was looking for something. I was like, I want to get into something that pays good, that doesn't require a degree. Because at that time, I was definitely like no school type of person. I already didn't like high school as it was. So going into college was like a no-no. And I was like, I need something that's going to be quick, which unfortunately it wasn't quick. But um, so he told me about tech. I started with the CompTIA A-plus and the CompTIA Network Plus. I never actually got the certifications, but I did study the material and I got a tech support job. Uh, I was paying $15 an hour, even though that that's not much. But at that time I was excited. I was like, oh, I made $15 an hour with no degree. That's how brainwashed I was. I I was a lot lot of money for someone with no degree. But it was just a call center job, right, for a a pretty big Internet company, and um taught me, really showed me that call center life. Is not Yo, really
1: call center me. life is hard. I know like people do it for a few yeah. years. It's a good entry-level job to break into tech without much experience, but it's yeah. brutal and customers are rude, man. It wasn't for me. I mean, you know, if people ask me what I got from it, I definitely
0: got analytical thinking, right? Definitely learned how to work in fast-paced environments because you usually only have like 10 minutes to resolve the issue. Um Definitely learned soft skills, right? Because you got to like calm people down that are angry and all this all this stuff so I, I would say i learned a lot of valuable skills from it but it's not something that i would tell somebody to go through if they don't have to you know you can learn a lot of those skills without without working in the yeah. so,
1: what would you say looking back what is your biggest accomplishment so far
0: i would say this data community and the impact that it's had on people honestly you know people from nigeria people from all over the world honestly like Reaching out to me, telling me how, you know, this community has helped them, how my journey has helped them or how it's motivating them. When I first got into this industry, I didn't think I was going to impact so many people. Right, My goal is to document my journey so I can get a job. That was that was how this all started. I didn't expect everything else that came with it. You know, so if my story can impact and help other people to want to get on this journey and, you know, motivate them and and see that it is possible. Even if you don't have a degree, then, you know, to me, that's that's my biggest accomplishment. My second one is getting the job. So. Yeah,
1: nah, and you know what? You're only getting started. So what was the hardest yeah. period of your life that you went through? And why was it so hard?
0: I would honestly say the layoff because the layoff was the first time in my life I didn't have a job or a backup plan. So when I was in the music industry, you know, I would just quick jobs whenever I felt like it. But I always had a source of income, you know, from the music industry. This was the first time in my life where I lost a job without me actually leaving it and I didn't have any other resource, like any other source of income, any like method, didn't really know what to do for like three weeks, honestly. So to me, that was like the
1: hardest, hardest thing I, I would say I've ever had to deal with in life. Yeah. So now do you ever feel insecure about not having the degree? I have, actually.
0: um, But I would say that started in 2018. I just started to look at it like because I come from this entertainment industry and this business background, I started to look at it like as a business person, you always seek to make yourself valuable. So I always gave myself, I always told myself when I started to look into degrees, I was like, there's three things that I would look at if I'm looking at myself like a business experience certifications and a degree and if you have these three i feel like you're unstoppable like so you know i i told myself i have two but i don't have this third one and i feel like not that it's impossible but it kind of just it's like a, you have to go a little no, harder um because if you have a degree and you know how to sell yourself because that's another thing you got to know how to sell yourself because you you can have the degree you don't know how to sell yourself yeah. You'll just end up on the statistics that have a degree and did nothing like it. So you specifically have to know how to sell yourself. And if you know how to sell yourself and brand yourself, then it can be very beneficial. So
1: this is going to be a very interesting question. You're walking down the street and you see your 18-year-old self in today, right? So it's 2022. You see your 18-year-old self. What would you tell that version of Jamar?
0: I would tell myself stay in school. (laughs) I would say all of that math that you felt you wasn't going to use in real life can actually play a role because you're going to be a data analyst <laughs> and math will be a plus. <laughs> but honestly, you know, I, I probably would have at least got, I probably would have at least gotten my associate's degree. I don't know if I would have got a bachelor's at that time, but I would have at least got an associate's degree at the most. Yeah.
1: No, I mean the math and stuff and associate's degrees, right. A lot of times you're fo- you're very focused and, you know, definitely help and, you know, stay stay focused. So now what yeah. advice would you have for the younger generation who wants to become like a data analyst, data engineer? What advice would you give them?
0: Um, don't listen to social media because social media has like a hundred different resources that you can use. Um, and it'll actually slow your journey down because you'll try to use every yeah. resource because it's free, it's time limited and all this stuff. Honestly, the number one thing that I feel like helped me was looking at a couple job descriptions in my area or even in the industry I want to be in and see what's the most common skills. And after I got the most common skills, I created my study plan around that and I linked up with a mentor in the industry. You know, so I would definitely say try to find a mentor. I never actually asked anyone to be my mentor though. You know, it kind they kind of just came to me because you know of of the way I was putting myself out there. But you don't necessarily even have to, have to do that. If, if you know someone in the industry or if you can, you know, get acquainted with somebody in the industry, whether it's through Twitter or LinkedIn, I think that would be better than trying to keep up with every resource on Twitter because they'll give you a plan that I feel like will actually help you get in the industry. And that was what was game changer for me because at first, you know, like I was doing the Google analytics, I was doing data camp, I was doing. W3 oh. school, I was doing Sequel Boat, I was doing all of these things, and none of them helped me as much as I got help in August when I just said I'm gonna focus on this one Udemy course and ride that course out to the end. And that was the best decision I made do, was riding out. Do school. you mind
1: sharing that course? Yeah, it's called on Udemy, it's called the Complete Sequel Bootcamp by Jose Something. Okay, so we'll have it linked in the show notes. And do you mind talking about your community? The community now is um, not what it was before. It's, now it's just an open
0: it's just an open community that you know anyone can join. We used to have like a lot of events and things like that. Um, then it ended up getting acquired. Uh, I ended up selling it like a couple of months ago. but you know I recently met up with the um, owner and or the, the new owner. And right now it's just a community that's just kind of, it's, it's almost like a Reddit. Yeah. It's like you, you just go into the Discord community and it's, it has a mind of its own. Yeah. You know, so if you're looking for a supportive community of people that are already in there, you know, some are a little overhead as far as knowledge and some are still new, then it, it, it is an awesome community to join. It's on Discord. It's called All About Data. Um, it's also on Twitter. uh, in the Twitter community, which is almost at 10,000 people within it. Uh, Also on YouTube, there's a podcast where, you know, we've interviewed multiple data analysts and data professionals that give a whole lot of advice, you know, which a lot of them
1: actually said the same thing I just said as far as getting focused and
0: not doing like a whole bunch of resources. Yeah,
1: I mean, online you get so many resources. And the fact is you don't need to have 100% of the knowledge to start getting the job you need to have enough of the knowledge so you can pass the interviews and get started and you're going to learn more on the job as you keep going
0: exactly but let me just let me just get this i'm not saying to ignore social media all the way there's things that you can learn but it's like once you get enough then back out because if you if you get caught up in like always being in twitter spaces always trying to every resource that come out you're going to burn yourself out and eventually you're probably not going to want to do it anymore you're not going to feel like you're progressing like you know you'll go through this Big emotional roller coaster, and you, your journey will end up take, taking longer than than it is. You know, so if you ask anyone who done this within a three to four month time frame, their main thing is probably going to be discipline and focus, right? So the reason why it took me sixteen months is because there was a lot of unnecessary things. Like I didn't have to build a community, and I didn't have to take that long to complete the Google course, or I didn't have to do that course at all to begin with. You know, so your journey doesn't have to take that long. I say do the courses that are necessary, the skills that are necessary. Just focus on those, focus on projects, focus on interview prep, focus on putting those projects on your resume, focus on creating a story for these projects to be able to tell in the interviews and use that same story for every interview. Because what you'll notice is you start to get better and better every interview. Like you start, you start to become a master at your story that, you know, you forgot that it was just a project. You actually start to look at it like it was a, a real job that you did. And by doing that, honestly, I think you could land something within four to six yeah, months. Yeah,
1: no, definitely. And can you talk about your blog?
0: My blog, yeah. Uh, so I, I put out a blog um, called How I Became a Data Analyst, uh, which actually did good. It did um, 1,400 reads in a couple of days. I was shocked because I'm not really much of a blog writer, but I'm trying to get into it. Um, but in there, I kind of go over. A brief discussion of my journey, you know, kind of similar to this, but not as detailed. I think we yeah. went, we went a little more detailed on this podcast, but, um, yeah, I, I just talked about the journey and I actually shared the links to all the courses that yeah, I took okay. and ones that I'm taking now that I haven't completed yet. So, um, I did that because I get over a hundred inboxes about what yeah. resources, where to start and all this stuff. And I can't answer all those inboxes and I'm not going to. So you know, the best thing I could do is put everything publicly because like now that I'm starting my career, I plan to be very focused on becoming the best. I don't, I won't have time to do like as much community work for right now, at least not for my first couple of months, because I want to focus on my role. So what I plan to do is just put everything publicly and, you know, you can just grasp it that way publicly. So it talks about, The same thing I just said about interview prep, resume event projects, and it has the direct link to all the courses that I actually took,
1: that I felt like was the best approach for me. So we'll have that in the show notes so that don't bother Jamar. He already did all the answers. He gave you all the things you need to know. Go out there and do the work. So I really want to thank you for just sharing everything. One last thing. What's the typical salary range for someone who's a data analyst?
0: I think that varies based on location, right? But this annoying YouTube ad always comes up on my channel saying that the average salary is like 87000 yeah. So I guess that's what it is according to the ad. Okay, cool. <laughs> but you can always check your area and I kind of think it varies from area to area. So how would people support you on your journey? The best way to support me is to is to continue your journey yourself, to grow yourself, you know, like... Since I put my story out there, and you know, everyone show, like says it's helping them out. Show me that it's helping you out by actually landing the role, you know. And it's just let me know when you land it. You know, I would I would love to see people actually getting into this into this role and changing their lives, doing something that they're passionate about, you know. And other than that, you know, you could follow me if you like. Sometimes I post data stuff. Sometimes I just post regular human being stuff, you know. So. I'm the influencer that doesn't take the influencer title. I mean,
1: I love it. Those are the best type of content creators, the ones who keep us there. So thank you so much for your time. Another great episode. Thank you for listening. Hopefully this information was valuable and you learned a lot. Stay tuned for the next episode. This show is sponsored by you. No degree wants to remain free from influence so that we can talk about the topics without bias. If you think the show is worth a dollar or two, please check out our Patreon page. Any amount is appreciated, and we'll go towards making future episodes even better. Follow us on Instagram or Snapchat at no degree Podcast, on Facebook at facebook.com slash no degree If you want to personally reach out to me, connect or follow me on LinkedIn at Jenai Iqbal, spelled J-O-N-A-E-D, last name I-Q-B-A-L. Until next time, no degree, no problem, nodegree.com.